Hey guys, Dominic Neshi here from Wealthy. Before we jump into the podcast, I wanted to just remind you that if you are enjoying the content that we're creating, you're liking the guests and getting something out of it, please like, subscribe and pass it on to all your friends that might find it helpful. And remember that all of this is ultimately so you can learn how to build wealth through property. If you have an existing portfolio or you're looking to start that journey, feel free to reach out to me and the team and we'll find out ways that we can help you. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the next episode. Hey guys, Dominic Neshi here from Wealthy. This episode is a very, very special one. It's not often enough that we get to sit with people great like Michael. Um, this man has had a very, very successful career today, and I get a sense that he's only just starting. He started and run nine businesses, floated one on the ASX. With over a billion dollars in sales through his businesses, Michael is considered an expert in the touring space. He has run more than 1,200 events over the last 15 years. And the crazy thing is that Michael's primary business success resources is the world's largest education seminar company in the world. This year, Success Resources will successfully run, there's a lot of success, success, success <laughs> in there, 500 events uh, across Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Malaysia, South Africa, USA, Europe, and the UK with an annual turnover of $120 million. Now, I know that you said out there there's 37 or, or so countries mm. that I haven't listed in here, but... Mate, thank you very much. I'm up to schedule for you to spend the time and jump on this podcast. Of course, I appreciate it. I mean, we we connected at the recent event and uh, I believe that anyone who supports my events, I want to support them back. So more than happy to do this. Mate, I absolutely appreciate it. I've been to a few of your events um, and every single time that I've gone, it's been a hell of a lot of value. I try and buy tickets for friends and family to come along with me because you have the, the, the main event, which is the last one was Tom Bellew. Yeah. He was amazing. But then all the people that are coming up through the ranks as well will have their own uh, wealth creation strategies are magnificent as well. And I had the pleasure of having um, David Leon on the show as well. So that was awesome. Great. Um, but before I go just go on a massive tangent and ra- uh, go crazy, I want to just jump in and ask you a little question. Sure. So what has been one of the most important pieces of information or key takeaways from one of the people you tour with? I mean, you got some... Yeah, that's a tough question because I I do a lot of events with a lot of different talent and they've all got their different philosophies. Um, Look, I'm going to go back to a Jim Rowan and he said, you know, education is like having a bath that needs to happen daily. Mm. So despite any of the little tricks, tips, hacks that all of the speakers have, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away is that I need to be continuously learning daily. And I'm 17 years into that journey. Now, let's be really clear. There are days where I don't. Uh, you know, family's a priority. I'll wake up and don't feel like it, those kind of things. But I would say 97% of the time, I'm waking up and doing something that's going to try and put me in a better position. And that's by learning via podcasts, videos, going to seminars. I mean, last week, I paid to go to a program myself. And it wasn't an event we ran. So I'm constantly looking for different ways to learn and grow and uh, that's been a huge hack for me to just continue to sharpen the saw and, and stay relevant and stay on top of things is to spend at least 30 minutes a day. What I've discovered over the last couple of years, if you can find two hours a day, 
you massively increase uh, the likelihood of success. And it seems funny to go, well, hold up, if I spend two hours working on me, does that fast track the whole journey? I would actually say yes. So most people aren't doing 30 minutes a day. Um, When I started to go to two hours a day of working purely on me, stuff shifted, things happened, and I got momentum. So yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I've taken away from this whole journey is continue to learn daily. That's a fascinating piece of information because I was almost expecting a tactic or a, you know something, but it makes so much sense because all the people that you would have sat with, I, I, I'd probably say that they're avid learners. You 100%. think about you know Bill Gates, he reads 50 books a year. Tom Bilio talks about all the podcasts and the books that he listens to and reads. And they're all massive advocates for spending a couple hours on themselves, whether they're doing cold showers or meditating yeah. or reading or, you know, being grateful, all these different exercises are things that they've put into their lives. Yeah, and look, they've all got different hacks. You know, Gary V hasn't read a book in 20 years, <laughs> hasn't listened to a podcast, hasn't gone to a seminar himself, yeah. but he'll spend three to four hours a day going through comments on things that are trending on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Now, that's how he likes to learn. He likes to keep up to date with, wow, all these people are talking about this trending topic right now. What is it about that? Why are they discussing? What does that look? And that's how he taps into where he thinks his philosophies are moving forward. So there's no one to sit and say, you have to do the, read this book at this time and go to that seminar. It's just about continuing to find ways to work on yourself to keep you relevant and keep you on top of things. For me, it is podcasts. It is videos. It is reading. Um, but it doesn't really matter. Identify what it is you're passionate about mm. and work on ways to keep the education process enjoyable every single day. So this kind of leads nicely into my next question because it was going to be around what's a common thread that you see amongst all of these successful people? I mean, obviously we've got learning, but is there anything else that you've seen or noticed that that, that, that pops out at you? That yeah. when you see these people, like this is something. There's, very, there's two very clear things. Number one is they do the one to two percenters consistently every single day. So whatever that is, that might be one to two percent might be, I'm going to get up, I'm going to take immediate action on something. Um, They go the distance, they turn up early, they stay late. It's those one to two percenters that they don't negotiate with. That's been a huge hack that I've seen a lot of these guys do. The second point would be there is no lag time between thinking or coming across an intention and acting. So lots of people out there, and I did it for years, they come up with a great idea, the great philosophy, and they sit there for the next three months philosophizing, doing research, doing all those kind of things, trying to figure out how can I do this. Successful people have closed the gap on the idea and the inspiration then to taking immediate action. So a lot of my business is very intuitive. And what I mean by that is I will have an idea I'll either voice record it or send a message to my team to go, we need to do this now. And it's and I've and I, I do that very consciously to close the gap. The other thing as well is is that when you have an amazing idea, your first thing is to get it off your plate. If you don't, you sit with it and you you may, you know, think about it a lot, it blocks new creative ideas coming in. So I've ref- I figured out through learnings, lessons and teachings is that when I get an idea, I immediately action it. I stop everything and I send a thing. I'll even do it and interrupt my team. And, and Simon hates it because I'll be like, hey, stop thinking. Something's coming through. Mm. And it's this. 
And it may end up being nothing, but I've got to get it off my chest. And I've figured out it's a muscle. The more I use that, the more ideas come through. And it's a very intuitive process for me. So there's a couple of the hacks, a couple of the things that I've seen that have differentiated the people who are uber successful and the people who aren't. So it was the one percenters really. And then, so that's all the little things. They just do the little things consistently well in their life. Every single day. And then the other one is immediate action. Closing the gap between the idea or the concept or the intuitive moment and then actioning it. Now, for me, it's easy because I can just send it to the team going, work on this. But if you're sitting at home listening to this going, well, I'm a one-man band, cool, stop everything, write down that idea and concept and either come back to it later and start to figure out how you can execute it. What I like about that concept is it, it, it it's almost a way to, the, to validate if it is something or not. Because mm-hmm. you'll make the first couple of steps and you'll say, hey, this isn't working, it doesn't work for that reason. It helps you work through the motion and it creates space for other things. Yes. You don't want to, I don't think, to interrupt the big parts of your business. If you've got bread and butter, you don't want to stop the bread and butter just for the little things, but create space. Create space. And then if you don't have the space to be able to immediately action it and send it to somebody in your team, jot it down and create something in your week to go, cool, here's my block time for all those crazy ideas that keep coming through. Mm. Um, Tuesdays for me are typically no external meetings. They're just, for me, um, there's a few internal meetings, but they're me working on the crazy harebrained ideas that continue to come through. So I'll have harebrained ideas where I'm like, team, go action this. Then there'll be ones where I was like, wow, this is different. Let's document this and then put it into a Tuesday process mm. and sort of unpack it, quickly do a feasibility on it and see what if there's something there. That's I think that's another probably hack as well is being able to very quickly figure out if your ideas and philosophies have legs. Yep. Too many people come up with an idea and they spend the next six months thinking about it and then they get into that sixth month and realise, geez, this isn't going to work. I think I've got really good at being able to identify, is there really something here or not? And if there isn't, I get it off my plate straight away. Yep. So I make that decision. And sometimes it may not serve me well because I might make quick decisions and it may end up being the wrong decision but i know yeah i I know that 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 system works for me and the more i do that the more crazy ideas come through yeah okay i love that i really really do i'm I'm a massive believer of just ship it Mm -hmm. get just you got the idea just ship it okay it sounds good let's just test it is it going to stick throw enough shit at the wall some of it will stick right it's a little unscientific but you know you gotta do what works for you so you run, obviously, so many of these events and you're quite literally changing people's lives daily. I've sat in that event and you get a sense that there's people that are listening to this information, it's resonating, and then they're going to take immediate action and they're going to change their lives. Um, some probably won't. Some don't. Yeah, some actually, don't. Actually, a lot don't, which is really sad. So what would you see uh, what would you say are the key qualities you see in the people that attain real success the people that are actually coming to the event so the, the, for the people that are turning up what do you think is the the commonality between all those people that take the information that take action and go and do something yeah i think perpetually they're action takers so they uh, you don't have to remind them to you know put their dishes in the sink or in the dishwasher. You don't have to tell them to, hey, you're going to need to be on time for this. They show up early. Um, They're just built a little bit different. And what I put it down to is they've had an epiphany at some point that 
time is finite. They may have an idea or a concept and they realise they're on a clock. The people who are drifting through life, I believe, and I could be wrong, is that they haven't had the epiphany that they're here to do what they love. So therefore, they've got so much time on their hands. When you have that epiphany that you are here for a bigger purpose and you understand that life is finite and you understand the clock is running out every single day, you show up early, you playful out, you do those one to two percenters, you are understanding that there is an ROI to your time, even if it's not financial, that if I'm going to turn up to this event, I need to get something out of it. Otherwise, I could have been at home with the kids mm. or with my wife or my partner or my business. So if you haven't had that epiphany, you have to have that. Because once you do that, life changes. You can't take the other pill again. You've yep. taken that pill. And that pill gets you to go, shit, we've got to get this thing going. And you can't unsee that or unfeel that or unexperience that. You have that drive, you get out there and you make it happen every single day. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to lose momentum at times and those kind of things. But the people who are constantly coming to my events and getting wins have had the epiphany, understand that life's short, understand that ROI on their time, and understand that they're here to play a bigger game. Do you get a sense that these people have an urgency about them? 100%. They wake up every day. You don't need to get them out of bed. You know, they're the ones on Instagram going, I'm out for a walk, I'm out to the gym, I'm out doing this. Because it's really easy to sleep in. It's Mm. really easy to stay home. It's really easy not to take that call or do that thing. Um, If you have this sense of urgency, you've probably had the epiphany. Mm. Okay. And do you think that the epiphany can come by doing this continual education? Because there's a lot of people that might come into that room that feel a bit lost. Mm. They're like, I know I want to do something, but I just don't know how. How What steps do I take? And it might be just listening to that one person or hearing that one word. So that that comes as well? Yeah. Look, um, I'm always conscious that people are on their journey and some people are just earlier on their journey. And what that means is that they just weren't ready to receive the information yet and it could be my event where the penny drops. I'm very conscious of that. Um, But through constant self-discovery, you'll continue to find new pathways and Mm. new things that are going to open up your mind to go, huh, I've figured that out and I've had this small epiphany here and I need to go down this path. I need to follow that. So, yeah, my events are very much a catalyst for people coming along and making a change in their life. And it may not happen in the first event. It may not happen in the second. And it may happen after two events and a podcast. They go, I've heard that for the second or third time said in a different way and now I get it. Mm. So I'm constantly having those realizations myself. And that's what my events are really good for. And what do you think is the biggest mistake you see or experience when uh, people are on their journey to create wealth? They come to these events and then what's the one thing that that stops them from creating real wealth? You know what? I think they haven't linked the next step in the journey to truly what their mission or value proposition looks like. So a lot of people go, here is my goal. Cool. Have you linked that to taking the next step on a Monday morning to go do what you've got to do? So a lot of people, I and I've got this quote that I throw around every now and then is, I appreciate you've got your why, but show me your how. Mm. I mean, there's so many people right now who've gone, I've got my big goal, I've got my dream, but it, dude, that's not going to be enough. You're going to need to figure out a way to take that first step, the second step, and then the 12,000th 12, 12, step, yeah, yeah, if yeah. that makes sense. So, yeah, people, um, people need to understand that 
you need to go out there and make it happen and having a really clear why yeah. and then linking it back to Monday morning at 10 a.m. on why this is important on the journey. So we're, we're here right now. It's 10 a.m. on a Monday morning. Yeah. You asked me to do this. This is so important according to my vision and mission that I had to be here. I appreciate it again because I, I, I can understand you would have had a thousand other podcasts to jump on and you got hundreds of stuff and things to do. And, but that's, that's <laughs> the thing, right? I have linked this to my higher purpose and value yeah. and what I want to do. And right now, this is exactly where I'm meant to be. I like this because it reminds me of something that Tom said at the last event where he has his resonating why, but he links it down to something very practical, something very small, and to something immediate. Mm-hmm. So he can take that action. Yeah. So with his nutrition bars, he built a billion-dollar business, and he linked it to not changing the world, but changing and healing his mum and his sister who yes. are morbidly obese. Yes. And because it was immediate, because there was a real pain and it was there, he could take immediate action. Mm. It was more real than this big, audacious thing that mm. was unconquerable, if you will. Now, on that, actually, if you, were, if you haven't already, but if you were to go into business with one of the guests on your show, mm-hmm. who would it be and what is it about them? What quality really resonates for you that you think, I want this person as a business partner? You know what? Every person I put on my stage, I have a business relationship with. Of course. Some of them I have an equity relationship. Some of them I have a joint venture. Some of them I have a SJV. Um, so even despite the structure of it, we're going into business together. Mm. I put a room together that costs a lot of money. Uh, I, I have teams that put in people, market to them, production, all those kind of things. And now it's up to them to be able to come and share their message with the world. We're in a business relationship. Look, if you had to tell me... If there's one person I was going to start something different with, yep. um, you know who it would probably be? It would probably be Gary V. Okay. Um, mainly because this is a guy who's had his ups and downs. He understands the journey, but he he is a guy who can create massive awareness about an idea or concept. Um, to give you an idea, he's got 75,000 influences on a database. These are just people he's a you know, uh, communicated with, attracted. And if you think about that, he's got 17 million people on social collectively, but he's got 75,000 influences on a separate little database. And whenever he has an idea or concept, he'll go to them and Mm -hmm. go, hey, what's your thoughts on this? What do you think of this? Do you think it's scalable? Do you think it'll work? So I just think sales and marketing are really important to any business venture, but creating massive attention quickly is something that Gary does very well. And that would be a huge asset to any new co. And I think it would be Gary who I'd want to partner with. That's really, really interesting. You just, you said, it, what I got from that is you said, I'm going for the man that one has taken the hits and knows how to hustle. Mm-hmm. That's but, important. Yeah. Uh, and the, the man that has massive attention and knows what to do with it. Because it feels like with Gary, he could just go and sell bloody pot plants. <laughs> He, he probably could. Yeah, and, and and then he's away and, and you're doing something with it. So that really makes a lot of sense mm. to me. Tough question, and that was a good answer. <laughs> um, so another question here is, what does wealthy, what does wealthy, being wealthy mean to you? Look, you know, when you hear that term wealthy, mm-hmm. and I know it's a part of your company, so I'm conscious of that, but I think wealthy... Um, you know, there's some people who associate that with success. Some people associate that with just purely money. 
There's other people who associate with holistic wealth, um, holistic success. Um, you know, I love that we don't really call people by the term rich anymore. Rich is almost that dirty, financial, successful um, label. Wealthy, to me, is not just financial. It's holistic. It's everything. It's health, wealth, community, relationships, all those kind of things. So wealthy is this state of being, um, and I love that it's evolved from just financial. Mm. Um, so, yeah, when I, when I think of that word, I think, oh, that person, that lady, that gentleman's wealthy. I look at that in many different facets. I don't look at that as just financial. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what resonates with me. And I would love more people to understand that philosophy. That uh, and it's the same with success. And success is again has got a an old dirty connotation to it that it has to be financial, and it just doesn't isn't the case. So, yeah, I like it. Um, I just wish more people understood the true value of it. So for you, wealthy is really like a state of being. It's it's a, a balance. It's mm. it it is financial. It's it's in your mind being free there, spending time with your family, and it, it's a greater sense of the word. It isn't just purely dependent on dollars and cents. Hundred percent wealthy is waking up next to you, the one you love. Uh, it's not waking up in the house that you've always wanted. Yeah. Um, it's being completely happy with your body. Mm. It's being completely in awe of going into a job every day and loving what you do and hopefully getting rewarded financially for that. Uh, it's making a difference. It's changing people's lives. It's having an impact. It's giving back. That's, to me, that's what wealthy is. Love it. And what would your top be piece of advice be for someone that wants to be wealthy? Um, start educating yourself daily. Yeah. You know, identify the things you're passionate about. Spend time, go deep on that. Jimmy and I, I come across a lot of entrepreneurs in my business who just want to be rich. Let's be clear. They may label it wealthy, but they just want to be rich first and foremost. The first thing I would say is, you know, chase that dream if you want to chase that dream, but you're going to find out that that game is not filled with much substance and longevity around happiness. Um, when you figure out what that thing is you love to do and you can wake up every day doing it, I believe you're wealthy. And then you're just going to figure out how to monetize that. Mm. Um, so st start going deep into those things that you love. I mean, I did a piece, content piece recently that Google knows what you're passionate about. Yeah. Because you're constantly Googling it. Yeah. You're going deep into it. Um, most people aren't aware of what they're passionate about and they just need to identify that. And the quicker they can start to transition to that and living that every day is when they're going to start to become wealthy. That's interesting. So uh, Google has an opportunity so to, to find out what you really want to do. Check your um, browser history. That's it. I'm scared for some people right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, there's some people out there cringing right now. But um, it's a funny little thing to go, huh, if I look at my search history, I bet you that seven out of ten things are areas that you are actually passionate about because mm. you keep doing it. It keeps coming up at the top of your search history. Um, so that's just a, an easy way to, to maybe identify some of the things. It's a starting point. It's a starting point to figure out how you can be wealthy. Okay, just a couple more of these. And um, what's one book that you've shared the most with friends or you highly recommend that was just changing, life-changing for you or something that, that's really resonated? Look, there's, there's so many. Um, the one that I've shared the most 
and it probably hasn't had the biggest impact on me personally. It's had a very big, but not the biggest. Um, is probably Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm. Um, I, I read that book. I think I might have still been at school or I just left school when I, when I read it. Um, been fortunate to, you know, have Robert on our stage dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And you understand that rich dad, poor dad philosophy, it'll change your mind, it'll change your thoughts around money for the rest of your life. And, um, yeah, I think that's had the biggest impact on me making a decision to go, you need to read this, you need to read that, you need to understand this. And my son, I mean, we play the board game. There's a board game, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, the cash flow quadrant it's called, and um, we play that and, uh, you know, he's already thinking about those kind of things. He's thinking about doodads. Now, doodads are the buy when you buy liabilities and you buy things that you shouldn't have. Yeah. And Chase will come up to me now and go, Dad, is this a doodad? I'm like, 100%. This ain't going to get you any return on your investment. That's perfect. But but that's just a uh, a fun book that's very easy to read mm. that can impact kids, adults, anyone. It's funny you say that because that was one of the first books that really set me onto this you know, life ambition of learning mm. more because it was easy to read. It resonates. It's, it's substantial in many mm-hmm. ways and you can take a lot from it. And then you realize, holy crap, I don't know anything. I've got to keep on reading. Yeah. And then just it kind of keeps on going from there. Okay. And when's your next event? Why should people come to it? Who's coming to? Who's coming around? Yeah. Wow. Look, we do ten events a week. So, okay. <laughs> so the next one, I probably don't even know exactly where it is. But do you mean um, in Australia? And I'm assuming that's where most of yep. your what your listeners are from. Um, I've got Tony Robbins coming. Uh, in in April. Is that the date with Destiny? I've got a date with Destiny with Tony on the Gold Coast and I've got the National Achievers Congress okay. with him in Melbourne. So that's coming up. Uh, we've got countless other events with cool people that, that's coming up. So, yeah, somewhere in the country, nearly every month, you'll be able to find us somewhere. Okay, and where do people find you? What's the easiest way that people find you and your business? Yeah, look, me personally, um, all my handles is... It's Michael Lane, ITS Michael Lane, whether that's LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, uh, Insta, even TikTok. I'm on um, It's Michael Lane on there. And if not, go to Success Resources. If you Google Success Resources or you go to any of those and type in Success Resources, you're going to see all of our events. Perfect. Michael, thank you very much for jumping in this podcast this morning. Thank you. Hope to see you again soon. Of course. Thank you.